Late Night Conversations. Social Conversations. Well, we are addressing the social ills in our society and uh, we are hoping to get the point of view from um, the Catholic Bishops Conference of Southern Africa from the Department of Catholic uh, Social Action. We are joined by Bishop Joseph Kizito. Bishop, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Yes, good evening, Patricia and all your listeners of SFM. And also my condolences to all the lovers of Kwaito. I myself, in 1993, in the small town of Alwa North, where I'm speaking from, we hosted the TKZ when we were very young people. They came to give life to our community, so I know them, although I cannot dance Kwaito myself, <laughs> but uh, Condorances was quite a good musician. Oh, Bishop Kizito, you know, I think that's a very heartwarming um, condolence message, but also the memory of you as um, a Christian, um, you know, church hosting TKZ, being quite a musician, shows how diverse you are in ensuring that you are addressing social ills and you are bringing what young people enjoy. So this is clearly going to be a great conversation. Absolutely. 1993, they came to Alwa North, those groups they can remember. It was great, great for the young people. Oh, I can imagine. Alwa North will never be the same. So let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about what you do as SACBC in ensuring that you keep on addressing the social ills in our society, over and above bringing in hot musicians of the time to your community, <laughs> of which is very relevant because through music and arts, we are addressing social ills. It can't only Absolutely. just be through sermons. But uh, what is it that you do regularly to ensure that you know you review um, the, the negative impacts of our social ills? Yes, thank you. As we are the Catholic bishops of Southern Africa, including Swaziland and Botswana, we are bishops who are entrusted with the lives of the gospel, with the life of the church, to bring hope, to bring healing, to bring the evangelization of the people, to bring that joy of living life to the fullest. And on the August, we met and we issued a a statement, a pastoral statement on economic high levels of unemployment and the cost of living that we are seeing because we as the pastors, we are with the people. We walk with the people. We listen to their cries, and we issued this pastoral letter, and we identified about 10 points that we would like the, the people to talk about in their communities, the leaders, the politicians, the young people, the departments. And one of that was the cost of living that we are seeing our people cannot really cope. People are taking up loans. People are in debt. They cannot end need. The poverty is on the rise. 
the services, service delivery is not coming to what people are expecting. And at the same time, we see some people having a lot of salaries and the high incomes. So there's a big gap. There's a big gap between the rural people, the village people, the people in the location, and those who are well off to do. So the gap is not good for us as the church. And as the church, we said, what can we do? And we said we have to talk. As our department, we address the ills in the society, so we have to talk. The prophetic voice and has to be heard. The church cannot just keep on as if things are normal. We have to bring the conscience of the people, especially the leaders that we have elected. They promised a better life for the people. So we want to see this tangible. We want the people to feel that they are really a better life, not for a few. So we as a church, we looked at issues of uh, labor exploitation, especially for those who are working in the farms. People are not paid a lovely wage, not a good wage. We looked at the ESCOM. We have had quite a lot time. Even we as the church, as the business, in the township, in the factory with the ESCOM, the road shedding has been a very bad problem. The infrastructures, the infrastructures, the potholes, the railway infrastructures, uh, the networks, the transit networks of the train. And these are things we talk to the municipalities in our local municipalities. And we say, what can we do? What can we help as the church? We are not only there to to criticize or to challenge, but we want also to be part of a change. We are citizens. We want to be uh, advocates for change. And we, for example, when it is vandalizing, we stand up as the church to say people should not vandalize corruption. Even within our own churches, we say they should not be corruption. So these are the issues that we said we, as the bishops and with other churches, we are not only talking as Catholics, but we also engage other churches, the Council of Churches, to say what can we do as a plan of action of a better life. Well, a better life is needed. And uh, the things that you are outlining here, Bishop uh, Kizito, are very pertinent. Now, are issues that we are looking at and we are asking ourselves, how do we move past them? But the one that is very apparent and very difficult to, to swallow, or maybe even difficult to address, is that of the disparity between the rich and the poor in our country. I mean, mm. Uh, mm. looking at inequality in our country, it's the highest in the in, in the world. And how do we then start addressing inequality? Because those who have and those who don't have uh, are just, you know, bridges apart. No one is able to say we are now at a place where we can say there's a middle ground. Yeah, we are scandalized, as we said in our statement, by the government stand to increase salaries of ministers, of premiers, of MECs, of members of parliament. We are scandalized. And then there are people who are 
You know, in every town, you go to KwaZulu-Natal where they just had the floods, and you go to Free State, you go to Pumalanga, you go to the Eastern Cape, you see young people lining up for 350. And it, this, this makes us to cry. And can the politician not see that 350 young men and young women, you know, uh, this, this is unacceptable uh, in the society. So we have to call the conscience. I think what is not happening is to make, to promote the consciousness, that inner voice, the inner voice of the people, to know that we are all treated, we are all created in this image of God. The young people are looking for jobs. They have gone to school. They are educated. They need jobs. They don't need handouts. And that's we are the, we are calling upon the, the government not to just give these handouts. We need proper jobs. And we as the church, we are offering skills. We are not only asking the government, but we are in partnership with the government departments to offer skills. We are skilling young people in different skills, carpentry, welding, uh, baking. But I have to tell you, from my own experience, we train these people, but they are not where to be employed. Nobody is to take them, and that's the pain. So we are employing in Bethlehem, in KwaZulu-Natal, in Johannesburg. We have centers across the country where we skill young people. But after skilling, where is the government to come and say, give us those young people? I challenge, we challenge, we as the church, you ask us the young people we have trained. They are there. What they need is jobs, not this 350. It's a pain. It's, it's, it's a pain to see young people have gone to school and they are lining up for that. So they're conscious to promote that feeling of the common good. We call it the common good, that we are all in this together, not people to have big salaries and others are left on the margins. When you see what's happening in the township, when the people rise up, there's a cry. There's a cry. They cannot afford electricity. They cannot afford food. I mean, they stand kept. There's no food for people. Okay, There's no food. People need food. It's very devastating, Bishop, you know, the state that we find ourselves in as a country. I mean, years into our democratic um, dispensation, we are still crying foul. And it seems uh, things are, are, are getting uh, transparently worse. You know, I'm not going to say they were better when, but we are seeing it more because uh, information is so easily de- uh, disseminated amongst people globally. Now, the other challenge that you speak about is that of young people who are skilled, who are educated, that you and your organization take up and, you know, give skills, give, um, you know, programs to, but are still sitting. Would it help if we were able to tap young people into opportunities of entrepreneurship, Bishop? 
um, so that they don't end up having to queue for a 350 social grant, but rather start creating employment through the skills they've received and then enhancing their self-sustained businesses via uh, incubators and the likes. Absolutely. It was something from the Department of Home Affairs, the Minister Mutsualedi, he announced something very interesting. And I hope that will be something to be copied by other departments, where he has called upon quite a number of 3,000 young people to be employed for three years as capturing data in the Department of Home Affairs. These are the initiatives we are crying for. So I really applaud the Department of Home Affairs Minister Musualedi for, for such initiatives, for such thinking. And a lot of departments can do that. But not only the government departments, there are a lot of NGOs, a lot of private companies. You know, the, 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 the role of the government also is to create conducive environment that these companies can come up uh, with the opportunities. There was also another initiative I had in Johannesburg after this Zamazama crisis of raping young girls and the, this Zamazama. Somebody was saying, why are those mines or those used mining, you know, are not formalized because I hear there's a lot of money going through those Zamazama. Why are they not able to to make them a private, help the young people um, to go down there and mine whatever they can get? Why do you leave it to Zamazama? This Zamazama has been here for about 20 years. I've heard of Zamazama. I hear it's a big industry of millions, of millions of money. They are not saints. Why can't the government not focus, the Minister of Minerals, to focus on such things and formalize it and not just make people die and being killed, uh, illegal, illegal mining those uh, wastes, and I don't know. So we need to create uh, opportunities. We need to think. You know, we need to think. Otherwise, it's sad. It's sad after 30 years, all these young people cannot be employed. After 30 years, there's no department will employ these young people. They are all putting their life at waste. What is the future? Let's, take, we are let's, the let's hold it there, uh, Bishop Kizito. Um, I need to go to a quick break. We will be back um, to just hear what you as a church is as your stance um, regarding such issues as those of the Zamazamas. 011-714-2006. Please do join in on the conversation. We are talking to Bishop Joseph Kizito, who is from the Southern African Catholic Bishops Conference, uh, Department of Catholic Social Action. You can also uh, just uh, send us a WhatsApp on 0614-104107. Late Night Conversations. Social Conversations.
We are in conversation with uh, Bishop Joseph Kizito from uh, the Southern African Catholic Bishops Conference. We are talking about a statement that they've released, uh, talking around um, how we need to be addressing social ills in our society. Bishop, before we took the break, you were just giving us your stance around the Zamazamas as uh, um, an organization and a church? For us, as we had the issue in the in Johannesburg, in Krugerstorp, we said if there are people uh, mining those uh, waste depots of gold, I think the responsibility of the government to formalize such places to see if there is some economic benefit that these people are formalized in whatever uh, digging they can get so that it's not here what we hear, uh, the killing, the shooting, and, you know, why should such a thing continue? You know, so I think that's a challenge where the government has to look at it, at such deposits. If there's something useful there, I heard uh, people calling for such actions. So this way we need creativity. How can we create jobs? How can we create jobs? for the private sector, for the government, for the churches, okay? We as the church, uh, we have offered land. We have a piece of land. We tell the young people, come and make vegetable gardens, and we do a bit of agriculture. So we are not only uh, bringing awareness, but we are also involved. We are also, in this prophetic voice, we are also looking at ourselves as the church, where can we help? Where can we help? So, uh, Bishop, another thing that is um, that you've raised is uh, the culture of cable theft, uh, yeah. vandalism, damaging of mm-hmm. infrastructure. It's something that we see very often, uh, especially when people are protesting. Talk to us about this culture. I mean, is it a, a, a culture that has been created uh, post-democracy or is it a culture that is inculcated by the fact that people are just not working and are frustrated? I think, as you, you know, as we come from that culture uh, prior our independence where vandalism or destroying infrastructure was used as a weapon uh, of fighting the upper side government, but now that was not dealt with. That was not dealt with to say, look, things have changed. So when you see when there's a toy toy, when there's people no service delivery, there's no water, people again turn to what the government has put up, the clinic. The library, the tar, the the the, 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 the roads, the, you know everything that stands in their way again is vandalized, and that's where we need to go back to the education. You know, uh, there was a beautiful before uh, there was a Matela, there was a poem there when you were praying on your radio today. When Matela, they went to make him a man in the school in St. Teresa in KwaZulu Natal. We went to school and they said, Oh, you have come here to make you a man. I think that the school, the education system must form 
young men and young women, you know, so that when they come out, they have that belonging, they have that identity to say, this clinic is mine, this road is mine, this school is mine, this train is mine. That belonging, that ownership, I think that's lacking. That is lacking. People, they don't feel they are part and parcel of this development. The government is doing quite a lot of those projects, but why do they end up being vandalized? Is that lack of identity? They are not belonging. They don't see that this infrastructure are there for them, or they are just given to them. They don't feel they are part of them. They have been put there for them. So I think that's where education, we have to to go back to that philosophy of a yetu, a yetu philosophy. It's mine, Yaruna, you know, it's ours. This library is ours. This train is ours, you know. I think that is lacking. People still feel this is not for me. And that is very sad. And we are calling on as the church that people should feel, take ownership. They should feel they are the citizens. They are the first citizens. Because the government cannot put up infrastructures and they are destroyed. So we are calling upon our ministers, our schools, our communities, our councillors, our village chiefs to bring that belongingness that these are our items, our infrastructure. Bishop, let me go to some voice notes from our A-teamers. Mining is very expensive. It's costly. And I'm telling you the Zamazama are not following any mining principles. Remember the Lily Mine? One of these Zamazamas, if we say let's modernize them, let's legalize it and artisanal mining proceed. I'm telling you, one disaster that will happen and there will be no capital enough to run for the escapee of those people who will be trapped down there. They are not making enough money to have such operations. What will happen? Lily Mine is still there. Three bodies have not been recovered. Those ones, I'm telling you, we are just saying, let's legalize them. Let's allow them. But when disaster happens, we will cry. Who will go down? Who will use that money to go down and get the trapped miners? Go in, Bulugwan. Patricia and your guest. Patricia, you know, I'm surprised because everyone now is starting to come out and talk about these issues of Zamazamas. So can I ask your bishop, why were the, why were they're so quiet all along about these Zamazamas. Because now he, he, he's saying these Zamazamas have been there for more than 20 years. All along they were so quiet. After these raping things, everyone, they are coming left, right and center talking about the Zamazamas. Why were they so quiet all along? Anonymous in Tipsloo, thank you. Hmm. Bishop, we need to wrap up our conversation, but I'm sure you've heard the comments and uh, questions from our A-teamers. Um, if you can respond in just 30 seconds for me, and then we wrap up. Yeah, as a church, we are always a voice uh, for the voiceless. 
and we continue to bring that consciousness to the people. Uh, our department looks at the issues that affect the people's life. And we look at, say, how can we bring the good news, the evangelizing? And we pray, you know, we pray for all those who have been, you know, who have died, those who have no food, those who have no shelter, that the good Lord, the good Lord may sustain them, that the whole spirit may touch people, especially our leaders, to create a sustainable economy, a healing, we need healing, uh, an economy that is booming, an economy that is producing, especially for the young people. So basically, that's our call. Uh, we are calling on, we address all issues, education, health, and that's it. And that's it. But we pray. We are praying and we are bringing our message of healing, healing our economy, healing our country. Bishop Kizito, unfortunately, I no longer have any more time, but thank you so very much for joining us this evening and uh, just shedding light on the work that you are doing as SACBC. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Bye. A-teamers, it's time for us to go to the news. It's a minute after 11. Thank you very much for your patience, Greg. Uh, Let's uh, do the news.